You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to a special bonus interview. This is the rest of our interview with Pitoff, where he talks about the film Vidoc, as well as his work on Catwoman, and a few other things along the way. Did the success of Alien Resurrection lead to you being able to direct Vidoc? Not really, because Vidoc was really a French, French thing. And uh, of course, the, the, the fact that I, I, I was, I, I've done, I've done uh, Alien, of course, that's what helped me. I mean, that's the reason why I was doing Vidoc uh, 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 after that. But it's not because of the box office. It's just because I did it. And because, you know, everybody knew about Alien. And people loved you know, the work we did on Alien. And because, uh, you know, and that's because of the movie and the quality of the movie itself. And it has nothing to do with the box office. In, in France, I mean, the box office, you know, that, that's the, 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 the very difference in mentality. You know, in France, the box office doesn't mean anything. I mean, the quality of the movie is not the quality of the box office. And usually the best movie didn't get the best box office. And, and so uh, that, when we talk about quality, it's never the box office. It's really, did you, did you like the movie? What did you like? And so on. But the numbers, they don't mean anything. But it's changing. I mean, the, the, the movie industry is, in a, is, is on a big, big turn. And well, of course, COVID doesn't help, but it's not, it's not just COVID. I mean, it's, it's the way people experience movies and how the TV shows are taking over uh, uh, the movie industry. I mean, the movie, the film industry, uh, the feature film industry. Uh. So it's, it's, everything is shifting. So uh, I think personally, but that's about my, my personal opinion, that the, the movie industry is dead. I mean, it's, it's, it's because, you know, for one reason, I mean, and I grew up, you know, watching movies in a theater. Of course, I had TVs and I was watching movies on TVs, but, you know, my main experience and the reason why I worked in, in movies is it was because of the, of the movie experience. To be in a theater for two hours in the dark with no telephone, no internet, no uh, uh, Instagram and all that stuff, and just, you know, being immersed in the story, in a world, in, a, in whatsoever, and 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 so so you leave your life at the entrance of, of the movie theater. You you are immersed in something, and you resume your life. You know when you leave the theater. So that's what I really enjoyed, and that's what makes me make movies. And but now, I mean, the experience is not like that. I mean, it's impossible. Uh, people have you know their their their, their cell phone. They are always you know during the, during during a movie. Uh, they're checking internet, uh, emails, text messages, and all that stuff. The attention is different, uh, and, um, and 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 also because because now people have so many different accesses to imagery. Whatever it's oh, definitely Instagram, YouTube, now TikTok, now so the attention span on images have changed, and people are used to not spend more than you know a few seconds on a try on, on an image and go think about other things. So I guess that really has changed the, uh, 
uh, uh, the way the people are experiencing, are experiencing movies and and the industry, and, and so and now the, uh, the 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 whole revolution with TV series, you know, is such a different route because you don't tell a story within two hours. You tell a story. You have eight hours to, to to tell a story. You have ten hours. You have a hundred hours, and so you are. It's really much of a ride. And you have this immersive aspect, which I love, but on the long run, you can be immersed even if you check your Instagram, because, you know, the story, you know, is extended within hours. If you miss one plot point, it doesn't matter, because, you know, it's not, it's not about the plot, it's about the characters. It's about how you are with, with, the, with the squirrel, and, uh, and so it's different, it's totally different. And personally, I like it. And I've been watching a bunch of TV series, and I really love it when they're good, of course. And now movies, I'm bored. I mean, much most of the movies I've seen are just fucking bad movies. I mean, they are like copycats of you know of bad movies, and they are even worse than the original. And there's just a few movies I I, I really enjoy as, as movies, but you know, like it's maybe five for four hundred. We, we still have movies, good quality movies. Because you know, you, uh, they, 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 we have talented people on this planet. So, uh, of course, but I think the 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 the, movie, the feature film will be more like a like an art piece, something on the side, something you know, not more an art actually, more that less you know what it's for, like an, an, an entertaining thing. I think the, the entertainment is more going to TV series and other stuff that we may, may not even know. But in that direction, and the, the feature film is now uh, like a niche, and and I would say now, I mean the uh, the feature film is what what was the short film like uh, twenty years ago. You know, twenty years ago you have the, the big the the the, the 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 mega big thing was the feature films, and the 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 the, the short film was like the RT could be good and bad, but you know, good short film could be amazing. But it was uh, this little like uh, sometimes jewel, uh, uh, where now, I mean, it, that's what's happening. I mean, uh, the big chunk is for the TV series, and the, the, the little jewel you can find, yeah, you can find a good feature film that, you know, because the way it's done, because, you know, whatever reason, make it beautiful. So I think, it's, to me, that's where, how, uh, how I see it. Can you tell me a little bit more about Vidoc as far as how that came about then? Because it's such a, a long-standing character, and you managed to take it and, and give it such a fresh take. And if memory serves, was that the first, uh, one of the first, um, was it HD movies that was ever shot? Yeah, it's been up one. It was the first, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, it was the first movie ever shot in HD. Entirely. At that time, Star Wars had been using a digital shot for a few shots, but not entirely. Uh, Vidoc is uh, the very first entirely shot in HD. The story it is it's kind of funny because you know after I did Alien, personally I was confident that I could be able uh, uh, to direct my feature film because you know I, I had acquired enough experience on Alien to be my, to be a director myself. So when I came back to France, I started to look around to uh, to, to find a movie to direct. So I was uh, reading books and uh, trying to find uh, scripts and stuff. And, and one day. Uh, uh, you have this, this, this producer I, I knew because I was I worked on, on, on his movie before as a visual effects supervisor 
And he told me, okay, you know what? I have this uh, this script uh, with a lot of visual effects. Uh, please give me your honest advice because I'm not sure that we can do it in France. And if you think it's it's not possible in France, then I will uh, try to go uh, to go in the U.S. to make this movie. So please uh, have a read. And the guy started to talk to to explain to me what the movie was about, and he told me it's Vidoc. And Vidoc is a character uh, that is very famous in France because it's based on a real character. Vidoc was uh, the, 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 the 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 really French Sherlock Holmes in the early uh, uh, 1800s. And in the in the 60s, 70s. There was a TV series called Vidoc uh, that was describing the real, the real guy. And, 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 and when I was a kid, I grew up with Vidoc. Vidoc was one, one was one of, of my favorite TV series. And when Dominic, Dominic, the, 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 the producer, told me that uh, uh, the movie was about Vidoc, I told him, you know what? You know, I want to be a director. Vidoc, I know Vidoc. I mean, he, I grew up with with his character. Please, would you consider would you consider me as a director for this movie? And Dominique told me, um, yeah, I don't know. Let me think about it. And and a week later, he sent me the script and and he told me, okay, yes, you can read it as a director. I, I, let me know what you think. So that was the start. And and then from that, uh, we start to rewrite the script and and so on. But the thing was, uh, I would have never, and I, I was not a big fan of uh, of uh, period piece. Uh, as a director, I mean, I, I would, I would have never picked a period piece to to do a first, uh, my first movie, uh, and spe- especially a Southern Sandal. Uh, you know, a Southern Sandal in France is like the Western here uh, that could be like you know kind of quirky and kind of you know not that good. So, uh, so I, so in my mind, I, I, of course, it, 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 on the one hand, I was very excited by Vidal and what's up. And on the other hand, I was wow, fuck, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in that you know uh, a really old stuffy type of French movies, so I really need to uh, to give it a, a like a something different, and so, so that's how I started to think about okay, let's do a sci-fi movie in the past. So let's try to uh, to do to to uh, to work on this like a retro futuristic kind of look and takes. Of how you would do uh, in the uh, like really like a ritual futuristic. Now, that was my my thing, uh, and so that's how I built everything from that, you know. And even the the visual. So I said, okay, the 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 thing. Everything takes place in the early 1800s. So how, if you were shooting the movie in the early uh, early 1800s, how would you imagine sci-fi for this time? You know, sci-fi in the 1800s visually. How how would you see that? And so I thought, okay, maybe I will look at painters uh, later. Uh, the painters that have been, you know, paint, do painting in the mid 18th century. So that's what, I, I, that's how I, I, you know, I look at a lot of paintings or that period, like Gustave Moreau, Gustave Courbet, like Turner, like all this, uh, this influence of, of uh, um, fantasy painters, but very, very uh, pixel and very, very, uh, which is a very special type of. Uh, the rendering, and that you know, I said, okay, you know, I will, I will inspire myself from these guys in order to uh, to create the universe of Vida, because you know, Vida is a fantasy anyway. So I didn't have to stick with reality with any kind of uh, I wanted. So that's how I, I I give direction to the production designer and to everybody. It was like sci-fi in the past, and then 
on, on the top of that, so the imagery. So I was not, you know, shooting in 35 with long lens and that stuff. It would really look like, you know, the old, like a, a sword and saddle uh, a, a movie in France. So I wanted to have a different look. I wanted a wide angle, uh, a, a, a great depth of field and all that stuff. Because I was doing visual effects, I knew everything about, you know, technology. And I've heard that Sony was developing this uh, HD camera and then uh, I, I went to Stony and asked them, you know, can, can I see the camera? Can it be possible to test it? And, and, uh, and the guy said, me, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, uh, we have one camera that is, you know, uh, uh, doing tours or, or in, in the world. You can, you can have it tested. And so on one day, so they, they, they shipped the camera in Paris and I did some tests. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, that the, the camera was, was, was okay. So I put together, uh, a, a, a 35 millimeter camera, the AC camera, a video camera, and a, and a low-res camera. We just have five cameras like that lined up, shooting a, a character in wardrobe. And then I transfer everything on film to see the results on the film screen because the, 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 the end game was to be on, on film. And I was blown away by the quality of the, ca- of, of the camera, the HD camera, which was very different from film and was, was giving this texture that you've really never seen before, and especially with the wide angle to give this immersive aspect, almost like a VR thing. So, and, and I was, okay, I want to, do, I want to shoot with, the, with this camera. And then Sony was very helpful and helped us to, to get, you know, because, and the camera, I did a test with, uh, the, the, the serial number of the camera was 0001. So that was, sorry, that was the very, very, very first uh, HD camera for the test, for the test. Uh, and then after that, they have a, a, a version that, that was built with, with Panavision. So we had a, 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 a what they call Panavised, uh, uh, Sony camera for the shooting. And, uh, yes, I mean, so, so the, uh, the adventure with this camera was something because, you know, it was really prototype. Uh, nothing was really working. Uh, and especially one of the, one of the big challenge was that we did we couldn't have that video feedback. We just had a huge HD monitor, which was the reference monitor, which the weight of the of the monitor was like I don't know, uh, uh, three hundred pounds. I mean, yeah, four hundred pounds. It was huge, and there was no adapter to go to video camera to, to video monitor. It was uh, there's no video monitor, and and there's no card that transforms the HD into video. Uh, so that that was a challenge, and and the challenge was because I was shooting Steadicam. The whole movie, Vidal is, is shot almost entirely on Steadicam. Just a few shots with 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 with, with, with cranes, but every single shot beside the techno crane is Steadicam. And then the problem with the Steadicam, because you know you, you have to feed the screen for the Steadicam operator. The screen of the Steadicam operator is uh, is video, not. HD. The only way to get that was to have a, a, a video camera that was shooting the viewfinder of the HD camera in order to feed the uh, the, the monitor, the, the green monitor of the city camera operator. Well, that's what you know. And we have to come up with ideas like that. And finally, two weeks after we start shooting, we found in Canada a guy who did a a a, 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 a card that could transform the, the, the HD 
signal into into a, a, a video signal. So we could have like a like a tape recorder on on set and have a video monitor on set to watch the uh, the, 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 the to be able to see the shot. So that was I mean that was the, the beginning was pretty rocky and interesting because you know it was like almost like shooting in thirty five at the very beginning before we had like a, 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 a video village you know and video tab because you know. I was blind. The very first shot, I was kind of blind. I was following the the, the technical operator trying to to, to check the, uh, the his monitor to see what what was on the shot. And and the playback because the playback was playing back with the original tape. And I didn't want to risk. I mean to uh, to uh, because it, it was a tape. So and the less you play the tape, you better the better off you are. You know you don't want to. Go back and forth on the on the, on the original tape. So uh, uh, so the, the the very first two weeks was were a little bit awkward, but you know, very interesting. And then after that, we got this card. So yeah, we get more in a very more traditional way to to to, to shoot to shoot with with a video village and all that stuff. So that was better. But you know, it was very very uh, uh, incredible because you know it changes the way. We of course we we the, the lighting because uh, I mean, light uh, for the DP it was different to light with with, with his video camera than 35. Uh, uh, so he had to adapt his uh, his his uh, uh, his knowledge of of of, of uh, lighting and you know and, and understand how the, uh, the 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 camera reacts with the light with with the skin skin tone and all that stuff. And but I wanted to have something very stylized. So that's that's what. And then I use a lot of different cameras. So I put cameras on the patio. I use like a, like a little little cameras, low-res cameras for action shots. So I really played with with a bunch of different different type of cameras for for the whole movie. They were all all digital, of course. Well, I know you had directed actors before, but I'm curious how was it working with uh, Gerard Depardieu? It was incredible because you know Gerard, he's an animal. So Gerard is really somebody who is like a, he he's a lion. Actually, so if he likes you, it's fine. But if he hates you, you're dead. <laughs> he will kill you. Seriously, he will kill you. Uh, and so I was lucky enough. I worked with Gerard before on, on visual effects movies where he was in, so he knew me, and 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 hopefully uh, 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 he liked me. Uh, and then it was very easy because I have a very precise vision of what I wanted, and I just have to communicate my vision to Gerard. And Gerard said, yes, I know, of course, of course, I know, no worries. And, and that was pretty easy. And, and, and the rest of the cast was also very easy because I was trying to do something so special. So they, they, they were really with me and they were trying to understand, even though I didn't have a great experience in directing, they were happy to, uh, to, to get my vision, you know, and the way I, I wanted to work. Uh, to create the, the, this universe and uh, and how I want to have this uh, connection with the uh, with with the people and because my thing was I wanted to really it was the VR before VR I wanted to be the the, the audience to be like inside this world that's why everything is wide angle everything is shot with Steadicam and and I wanted to have this really uh, uh, type of experience. I have to ask you how did you get the gig to do Catwoman? It was because of Vidoc. So in in town in in, uh, in in Hollywood, people heard about the doc and the performance and uh, and had a bunch of prizes and stuff like that. The, the, the agents were pretty, you know, after me. 
which is good. That's what you want. What you want the agents running after you. Jean Pierre had an agent. I was not really sure about it. And and then this this agent from uh, Endeavor at the time who really chased me. And so I signed with him with him. And uh, and and he asked me to come in LA for like a week, so I could do a bunch of you know jail meetings. And that's what I did. I, I went I went here uh, in LA for a week, and you know I spent like uh, the whole day. Uh, doing meetings after meetings in studios and and, uh, and all that, and it was pretty cool. I was you know pretty happy with this with, with it. And uh, like a month later, so he sent me no no not a month ago. Right after that, he sent me a bunch of scripts, and of course most of them were like really bad. And I said no, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. And then he said, woman, and he said, you know what? This is scripts, and, and uh, I wanna you know they're interested in you. Uh, would you uh, read it? I said, yeah, of course. So I read the script, and the script was not very good, not so bad, but then it's Catwoman. You know, <laughs> how can you say no to Catwoman? And uh, and uh, I said to my agent, yeah, no, of course, please, please uh, tell the studio I would really be happy to do Catwoman. And and uh, that's how it started. So I again, so again, I went, I flew to uh, back to uh, to, uh, to LA. To have his first meeting with the studio, with the producers, and and they liked me. Uh, I like them, and how we and that's how we we started. Did that relationship stay as happy throughout the production? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Catwoman was a very very bizarre experience. One of the best and one of the worst. You know, and you know, and really, really, the, the entire spectrum is covered. Um, and yeah, at the, at the very beginning, I was hired by a guy who was like a star at, at Warner Brothers, uh, and he was re- responsible for The Matrix, for Harry Potter. So, so nobody could say no to him. And, and so that's, and he 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 hired me, and so we had a great relationship, and and, and that's how it started. Uh, uh, then he became number two of one of the brothers, and maybe he was like a little bit uh, uh, fast, uh, wanted to be number number one. So bottom line, he gets fired. And at that point, and 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 he established the first rule of Catwoman, and he wanted to do like an action movie fun. So he he hired uh, this writer, Fred and Bencalo, who did uh, the game by Fincher. Which was a really good movie, and they were good good writers. So he, uh, so his name is Lorenzo, the Aventura. So Lorenzo gave the give um, the writers, you know, direction for you know to do this like action fun movie and stuff. And that's how they start to work. And then Lorenzo gets fired, and so everything was in flux because we didn't know the studio would pick Calvin again, or because of of, of the firing, maybe Calvin uh, will die. At that point, there's two female-driven character movies that were in line. It was Cowan and it was Wonder Woman. And, and the problem with Wonder Woman is nobody wanted to, to you know, no actresses in town wanted to be Wonder Woman because she was kind of tacky and, and, and all the girls wanted to be Cowan. So that's how, you know, the, 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 you know the, the energy went off Wonder Woman for Catwoman. So that's how the studio finally get, okay, we'll, 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 we'll make Catwoman. And, and, uh, and then, okay, so a new studio, a new studio executive to do a new direction. Uh, uh, and so the writers 
you know, not not a one eighty, but you know, different 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 direction. And so and so the writers start to work. So that, then we uh, we we get into this uh, studio writing process, which is fucking ridiculous because you know everybody has words to say, what to say, and you have like a, a, a twenty people in your room to give notes to the script. You know, at some point, you know, of course, you know, the more brain, the more quality you have. That's, that's true. But, you know, when you reach, sometimes, what happens, you, you reach a moment where you are at the, the maximum you can do with material. The, the word to say at this point is, stop everything, we got the best we can have with what we have. But the studio system is made that people have to keep working. So when we reach a point, then, okay, what, what, how can we make it better? What can we change? And then same thing, people were, because they are paid for that, they, they give notes and notes and notes and notes. And that's where the, uh, the things start to drop. It's, it's, it's actually, if you do a sculpture and then you start to, to keep digging, 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 and, uh, you know, the nose at the end, you lose the nose because, you know, after trying to, to lose on the right end, then you lose on the left end and, and, and so on, so on, so on. So that, that, that's what happened with the script. By, you know, by giving notes of, of notes of notes of notes, we had a script that was at some point like fucking ridiculous. And, and hopefully everybody in the room say, okay, we are in trouble. Uh, we, the script is really bad. We need to fix it. And it was, it was the 1st of May and we were supposed to shoot in September. So we, we, were, in, in sort of, we were in sort of an uh, urgency. So then they decided, okay, we need to, to hire a script doctor to fix things. Because our writers, they are, they are, they are you know, they are uh, at the end of, a, of the road. So we need to find somebody else. So they hired Ed Solomon. Ed Solomon, who did, uh, he was a writer of Men in Black. So a guy, you know, who, who, who knows how to deal with uh, action, comedy, and all that stuff. But he was the perfect guy for that. So uh, we met with Ed, and, and Ed read the scripts and, re- and read the notes. And the irony is a stack of notes were, were even bigger than the scripts, more notes and page written. Uh, so, and I said, you know what, you know, I understand what you want. I think fixing all these notes will be like grateful. I, I'd rather rewrite from scratch. I know exactly what you want. I understand everything. And it will be easier and faster to rewrite the whole thing uh, uh, and not, you know, fixing note after note. And the studio executive at the time said, okay, yes, okay, go for it. And, and so you have two months to build the, uh, the script. And uh, that's what uh, we started to work with Ed on the, re- on the, on the, on the writing, on the, on the rewriting. I mean, on the writing, was, it's not, it wasn't a you know, rewrite. It was, you know, write from, uh, uh, from the ground. Uh, and then, so we spent the first month together working on the script. We were pretty happy. Then 1st of June, the studio wanted me to start the prep because we were shooting in September. So I went to Vancouver to start the prep. So I hired my production designer, Jean Habas, who did Vidoc, uh, uh, because they liked the look of Vidoc. And, and Jean Habas also was a production designer of the city of our children. So, uh, so he, he's, a, yeah, he's, he's a genius. And so they, 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 so they, they accepted that I, I, you know, I bring the, uh, uh, this guy uh, on, on board. So Habas uh, uh, met me in, in Vancouver the 1st of June, and then we start to work during the whole month of June on pre-production, on design, 
while Ed was still keeping you know, working on the on the script, you know, and I was in Paris, I, I was in Vancouver, but I was on the phone with Ed every day. So, and we went, you know, uh, uh, within the end of, of June, we had a first draft, not perfect, but a good draft. So good enough to really go back to the studio. And then we have this big show and tell back in Los Angeles. So I flew back to Los Angeles and I have this big show and tell with the studio where we were, where we were showing the production design, where we are at, the script and everything. And then Alan Horn, who, who was the, the studio uh, 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 boss, then didn't know about the changes. And Alan knew we had to lose, we, we will fix the script, but he, he didn't, he was not aware that we were, we were changing everything. So he was in the room looking at the uh, everything. Oh, and uh, then that Carwoman, wasn't she supposed to do this and this? Oh, no. Okay, I see. Ah, so he was kind of fucking lost. Uh, and then the, the day after the message was, okay, guys, so first the production designer is fired. The guy is too early. It's way too dark. We want something, you know, more like uh, light and happy and, you know, and, uh, and all that. The script, I mean, they spend $1 million uh, 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 on the script with Ed Solomon. The script, you know what, we're not happy with it, so get rid of the script. Go back to the early version, go back to the last version, the, the, the early script from Fred and Ben Cato and just fucking fix it. I was devastated because I had to fire my friend, Jean first. And then uh, uh, we, I knew that we were screwed because we, there's no way we can fix the script. I mean, it's, it's impossible. It's, you know, it's, it's bad. It's, it's really bad. And, and the producer told me, okay, you know what? Uh, uh, you, 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 you won't have to deal with the scripts. I'm taking the lead on the scripts. You stay in Vancouver and you prep the movie. I will send you pages. And you have to do your, your job as a director. And I say, uh, okay. Uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do the best I can, and that's how we started. And the thing which we, which today pissed me off is, I mean, it pissed me off back in the day, but you know, I'm still pissed about that because you know the way we 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 rewrote the script was really with the backstory of Catwoman. So the whole thing was that the beginning of the movie was to present the character of Catwoman and how she became Catwoman, and in our version, she became a Catwoman when she was a kid. And so, and, 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 and uh, so we, uh, the, the very first, like 10, 15 minutes was to see, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the, cat, the little cat woman, you know, stealing fish in the market, living like, like an animal. And, and my, my reference was, uh, 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 Sauvage, the, the wild kid from, uh, from Truffaut. Uh, uh, and, and so I had references like that, like that. And so, and, so, and, and the studios say, no, 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 we don't want backstories. Because at that time, the Hulk had the backstory, uh, had the backstory and the, the Hulk did, back, did bad at the box office. And, and the studios say, okay, backstory, bad box office. So no backstory. I say, fuck, guys. I mean, Jesus, yeah, fuck. How can you be that stupid? And then the, the, the other movie that was doing great was Spider-Man. So we want something like Spider-Man. You know, light. Colorful, loving, do Spider-Man, and, and, and so they were, you, you, you have some scene that's, that was like not copycat, but you know was inspired by scenes in in Spider-Man because Spider-Man was a hit, so you have to do uh, what, what 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 a hit does. 
I said, fuck, I mean, the, the movie's going to be released in two years. And, uh, okay, and also, they hired me because of Vidoc. And Vidoc was dark. So I was going to do a dark movie. And Catwoman is a dark character. You know, she's not light. I mean, she's, she's intense. She's, she's raw. Uh, it's the opposite of the character. It's a, it's a wrong route. And uh, so, but you know, I knew anyway that it's, uh, it's uh, I'm not in France. So as a director, my voice, my, my voice is like nothing. So I had to deal with, with, with what, what, what I'm told. And so I said, okay, fuck it. Then I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what you want. And, and so I, 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 you know, I put myself, you know, my, my ego, you know, down, 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 you know, at the back of, of my pocket. And say, okay, I'll do whatever they want. I know I'm a professional, so they hired me to be a professional. I'll be a professional down the line. And that's how I did everything. So, and even, you know, 10 days before shooting, the producer called me and said, okay, I guess you've received the last version of the script, which is an official shooting script, version 1.0, even though it's not, it's not final. I mean, you have everything to shoot. So what do you think? And I said, you know what, frankly, uh, I just moved in this new apartment in Vancouver. I'm at the 18th story. I don't know if I'm going to jump tonight or tomorrow morning. And she didn't, but of course I was joking. And she lacked the sense of humor. And she told me right away, uh, okay, if you don't think you're a director for this movie, let me know. Meaning, okay, if you, if you don't do it, you know, no, 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 no big deal, no, uh, no, uh, 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 no harm. I mean, you can leave tomorrow. I'll ask somebody to, to, to replace you. And uh, so I have a split second. I, I, I say, okay, what can I, you know, either way, I'm, I'm fucked. If I leave the, the, the movie, who the fuck are you, French director? You were snobbish. You think the, the script is not good enough for you, or you're scared because you don't have the shoulder to make such a big movie and all other. So I, I think it would be like a negative on, on, on my back. And if I, and if I stay, I will be screwed because the movie will be, will be not good, I mean, not as good as I want anyway. And it, it won't be a good movie. So I'm screwed either way. And I, and I said, okay, I, I said, okay, you know what? I'm a captain. That's, that's the way in, in, in the industry works. It's a ship. I'm the captain of the ship. Uh, it's a sinking ship, but you know, I will die the last. I will, uh, I will do whatever I can, uh, maybe to save the ship, but you know, but I, I'll be the last to leave the ship. So that's what I did. And, and then from, from, from that on, you know, I have, I put like, you know, like a horse. I had like, I put some, uh, some, um, uh, you know, you put uh, uh, around your eyes to, to see what well, one, here's a blinder. Yeah, thank you. So I, I would like a horse with, with blinders. To see only what, what, what I have to, 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 to only what's in front of me, and that's it. And so, and work, and work, and work, and work, and try to please the studio, and and that's what I did. I mean, the studio was happy with the movie. I've never reshot anything uh, uh, that they didn't like. Uh, I, I I never had one note uh, saying you should do that and that. Uh, so I did my job. But um, so that's the part I'm proud of. But you know, at the end, the, the movie doesn't look at all, at all, at any level. What, you know, whatever, whatever is the, the, the art direction, whatever it's uh, uh, the character, whatever is anything, it has nothing to do with what, what, what I had in mind. So that's, you know, and, and, and I had to live with that. And then after that, when I have meetings in, in, in Hollywood and people say, you know, uh, 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 how do you feel? And I say, you know what, 
I feel like it was my baby. I've been raped by the devil, and I have to give birth to this monster. And it's, okay, I can't say it's not my baby, because, you know, I've, it's my baby. You know, I, 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 I carry it in my womb for nine months. But it's, it's, I mean, it's a rape. It's a fucking rape. And that's, that's how I feel. I feel I've been raped. It's something uh, it takes a while to understand and then to, uh, to move on. Yeah, and, and, and to, to move on. That's really, uh, it, it, takes, it takes time to heal, definitely. Huh? And because, especially as French, as, because, you know, we see things as an artist and we put everything in, in what we do. We, we're not, I mean, of course, we're professional, but we go be, beyond that. We, I mean, we, we, uh, we, uh, we give our soul, we give, you know, we give everything uh, uh, more than just, you know, be professional. And so it's, it's you know, but it's, a, it's a, a double-edged sword because then, you know, what comes back, you know, can, you know, can kill you <laughs> if it's wrong. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so how do you recover from that? How do you move on from Catwoman? Do you go back to visual effects? What's the next step for you? So I never recovered, really. I mean, it took, it took me years and years and years. So I've been doing a bunch of stuff. And going back to visual effects was not even an option because, you know, I've been the effects guy for years and I, I never loved effects. I mean, in a way, when I was a kid, my dream was not effects. Uh, uh, and I didn't give a shit about effects as a movie goer. Uh, uh, I was happy to do it. I was good at it. But, you know, it, 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 it wasn't my dream. So and I, I didn't want to be parked, to, to be locked into that effects world. And, and so I didn't, uh, it didn't work in visual effects after that. So after that, I was trying to make it to find scripts, uh, what I did, and you know, and stories. I never, you know, every movie I tried to make never happened. A few, a year after Cat Woman, not even a year, not long after Cat Woman. Yeah, yeah, I had this, this, um, oh, and first, and while I was doing uh, uh, Cat Woman, uh, uh, Sharon Stone proposed me to do Basic Instinct 2. And I read the script, and that was I was doing Catwoman. So, so uh, we were doing the uh, uh, the, uh, the the mixing, and, and and Sean told me, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm uh, I have this movie, Basic Instinct Two. I would love to to consider it. And and, and she liked me, but I talked to her, and so I read the script, and the script was so bad, really so bad. I spoke with the producer, but Mario Casal, I knew by the way, and I told Mario, you know what? The script is very bad. Uh, uh, I can't do that. Uh, and Mario told me, you know what? Catwoman has not be released. Uh, uh, so now you're still a hot guy. Uh, having a movie, you know, down, uh, you know, on a lineup before your movie is released is really a chance. So think of it. And, and, and I said, yes, but, but would Sean be able, be, be okay to, to, to modify things? Be, be honest with me. And, and he said, no. But her script, she has been developing it. It's her passion project. You won't make her butch anything. And I say, okay, you, 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 uh, knowing Sean, I say, okay, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. I say, thank you for the offer, but you know, I'm not doing it. And and then yeah, and at the end, I mean, Sean did the movie she wanted, and the movie was I mean, like bad. I saw the movie it was really bad, and the movie did like a ten dollars at the box office. It was ridiculous. And, and then after that, I had so so uh, 
the movie uh, was released, and, and then I had this project, and my agent told me, you, you know what, uh, are you okay to do a small movie? I said, yes, of course. I mean, the smallest than anything. And so I had a friend who connected me with this uh, 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 this, uh, 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 this uh, writer who did a movie called, uh, it's called, it was called uh, Only in New York. And Jim Cadizzo was attached to it. And so and the movie was lined up, was produced, was financed. And then I accepted to, to make this movie. And so I meet with Jim. And, and, and we had like a Ray Liotta also as, the, as another character. So I was, and Gerard Depardieu was okay to be a part of the movie. We had a, a role for him. So everything was, you know, the star were, were, were lined up so for me. And then uh, we start pre-production in, in Toronto because we're supposed to shoot New York in Toronto. And two weeks, everything was ready, everything was lined up. And two weeks before shooting, one of the financiers bed out and the movie stopped. And that was like a big hit on my head because, you know, I was really, really going to shoot and something great, you know, dark. it was a dark movie. Uh, uh, really, it's something for me with no visual effects. So something that really could be like a really like a, 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 um, a my, my, my uh, uh, out of jail card, get out of jail card. Because I was in, uh, in jail, um, my uh, redemption. And so it was really my redemption movie. And, you know, two weeks before shooting, he stopped. And the producer, uh, no, he couldn't, you know, get the movie off the ground. So, stop. And then, and I was fucking devastated. Really, really devastated. Not suicidal, but, you know, <laughs> really bad. And, and, and my agent finally, finally, I told my agent, you know, find me something. You know, I'm so fucking depressed. I need to be on set. My life is to be on set, so find me something. And then he he found me this this movie, uh, TV movie uh, uh, called Fire and Ice, uh, where the director was I, I I can't remember what was the reason, but they were looking for somebody to shoot right now. Uh, so I was ready, of course. And then uh, I, I did this movie, a small TV movie with dragon and stuff, and but very good, but very bad. Well, I, I just did a shooting. Uh, 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 and uh, and the producer did the post production. Have no words on anything. But you know, I enjoyed shooting it. It was you know, it was you know, doing something. And 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 then after that, I get contacted by a, a Chinese producer, financier, entrepreneur, a crazy Chinese guy who wanted to hire me to do a Chinese Star Wars kind of. Because the guy wanted to be the Chinese George Lucas, the producer, so he wrote the script. Uh, it was his version of Star Wars, but instead of being in a, in a, in a, uh, outer space, it was underwater uh, in a in, in ancient Greek uh, underwater uh, uh, monsters and uh, and all that. And, and so, 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 so the guy sent me the scripts, which was horrible. It was a, it was a straight a, a translation from Chinese to English. So it was really hard to understand first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really hard to understand. But he sent me a bunch of visuals uh, uh, because the guy had been working on, on the, uh, the development for like a few years. And he had a bunch of kids doing like uh, illustration, doing research. And, uh, and so I had hundreds of images. And among them, some were pretty interesting. So I felt, okay, there's something to do here. There's something. And so the, 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 my agents, okay, says the guy, okay, I'm, I'm interested. And the guy, the, the week after that, the Chinese was in LA to meet me with his partner. The, the Chinese didn't, spoke, didn't speak a word of English, but he has a partner 
uh, to Chinese partner who was speaking English. So he was here uh, to, to meet me in, a, in LA uh, to talk about the movie. And the guy really wanted me to, to make the movie. And, and so he said, yeah, whatever you like, I mean, it's your movie. You want to see the scripts? Uh, I knew he was a script, but uh, you want to change it? Yeah, fine. Do whatever you want. But you know, I really want to, to, to develop the movie. And it was his money, he was to be a rich guy. Uh, and then within a week, everything was wrapped. I mean, I was, I got my, my, my paycheck for a year. I got my ticket to Beijing. And uh, it was just, the speed was incredible. The guy wanted it to happen right now. So I flew to Beijing to start to work. Uh, and, and the guy was crazy, crazy nice, but crazy. And first the guy, okay, now we got this first meeting. It is prop meeting. Uh, what? Yeah, prop. I've been designing a bunch of props, so props meeting. I said, you know what? We, we have a script to write, so I'm happy to watch some props, but you know, we have other things to, to, to take care of. Yeah, okay, okay, so I was very diplomatic. I said, we, we had this meeting with uh, 20 people, show me props, more horrible, more, you know, more, more than anything, it was ugly, stupid, cheap, bad, so... But you know, it's, I, I don't want to be to be bad now. So I say, yeah, cool. It's a, but we have time to fix anything. So, and then so the plan to to, to work on the script. And uh, but everything was slow because we have translators, and, and uh, you know, from Chinese to English and back and forth, it took time. So every step was everything was baby steps. And so finally, so uh, to find that you know, okay, he's not a writer. Uh, I'm not a writer, so we have to to find somebody to write a script. So I went back to us in LA to find a, a U.S. writer. So I brought this, I brought this guy uh, in, in, in Beijing. So we started to write the scripts. And, and to make the story short, you know, after a few months, uh, uh, the guy just hated the scripts, uh, fired the writer, and, and said, okay, no, no, I keep writing the script and, and so on. But the thing, what kept me in China, actually, is the guy offered me, so, so his dream was Ireland, again. And he wanted to be the, Jewish, uh, the, the, the Chinese George Lucas. And he offered me to be partner with him in a post-production company in China. And I would be, you know, owner of the company. So I w- we would do the movie in this post-production company. And then after the movie, I would fly back to Los Angeles and I would have my uh, factory in China. To me, it was like a, like a gift from the gods. Okay, fine. You know, I will have fun a year in China, and then back in LA, we'll have my 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 visual effects factory in China. Uh, and and I, I'm talking, it was 2008, so it was the very beginning of the opening. You know, the China opening the door, the doors. Uh, it was the Olympic in China, uh, in Beijing. Uh, uh, so everything was new. You have this amazing energy in China. You know, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, it was it was a, a, an incredible year. So I was very excited, you know, by having you know, and I almost thought, okay, I can have a food in China, and then I start to learn Chinese to, to learn Mandarin, and I thought I could I could have a loft, you know, an apartment in Beijing and, uh, and my house in Los Angeles, and sometimes go back and forth. I was really comfortable with with, with, uh, with the idea, and so I mean, so that was that really uh, kept me, you know working on the movie, even though the script was going, you know, uh, going south. And, and then down the line, you know, I, I, I start to understand more the guy and that he was full of shit and he didn't have the money, he says, and there's no company and he would never uh, give me anything. I, I, I wouldn't be partner. So then I left. 
And I said, you know what, you know, it's, I'm not going anywhere if, if I'm not doing, you know, something I like, whether it's a company or a movie. So I left. So it, it, the whole story was over a year. So, the whole, uh, so I went back to Los Angeles. You know, I, I, I made some money, so that was a good thing. But uh, I had nothing, you know, to, to come back. It had, you know, stories about Chinese girl and, and, and the, the life in China, which was incredible. Uh, uh, and, and that was it. So that's the second, you know, movies that didn't happen, even though the experience was amazing. So I, I didn't, you know, I didn't lose it. So I kept, you know, trying to work and to try to find projects. But then your agents start to look at you as, as a loser because everything I was touching wasn't happening. So then you start to, to lose your agents. You know, it's, it's a thing, you know, the agents, you know, usually you, you talk to your agents every week. And then your agent doesn't talk to you every two weeks, and then every three weeks, and then he doesn't return. He doesn't. Or, I mean, she she doesn't return your call. And you say, what the fuck? I mean, you, you, and, and then you understand that you know they just nicely, not nicely actually, they just like fire you because you know after no after no return phone call or emails, I called the boss of the. I, 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 I changed. And I call the boss and I say, who is my agent? What what happening? And then he didn't say anything. And then I got an email from the agent. Oh, Peter, we had such a good time representing you. But I think, you know, our life, our past now have crashed. It's better for you to all the bullshit, you know, the usual bullshit. And then so and I didn't have any agent anymore. And fighting other agents was complicated, uh, and so on. So I was really on my own, and with not really a chance to go anywhere. So, and I started to work on commercial. Uh, I started a company with a friend of mine for, for to produce commercial and, and to do a bunch of different things. So I, you know, start to move away from the movie industry, you know, step by step. You know, feeling like, you know, like on a caravan. You know, you're, you're in a desert. And you feel that, you know, you are this, 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 this person that suddenly is out of the caravan and you are in the middle of the fucking desert and you see the caravan with the camels with everything long, 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 you know, uh, in front of you and you're alone in the desert. So you have to deal with different things and, you know, and find, uh, find new ways. That's, that's, where, that's what I was looking at. And then a few years ago, I had a, a crash because, you know, the thing is, I wanted to, to avoid visual effects, which was like a, a, a mistake at some point. Because, you know, when you have something, you know, don't give it up. I mean, even though it's not, if you have something, it's for a reason. You know, if I was hooked with, with visual effects, it was for a reason, because it's part of my talent and part of my knowledge and part of my, my experience. And then my path cross, crosses, crossed with uh, uh, virtual, with VR with virtual reality. Five years ago, so I bought this first Oculus uh, DK2 headset with a computer, and I started to explore VR. And it was like five years ago, so it was very uh, rudimentary, very basic, and but very interesting. When I was checking that, I said, wow, that's really what I like, actually. That is this immersive thing that I felt when I was in a movie. One as a movie goer, that's what I like to be immersed in something, and and this visual, this VR thing is giving you that. But of course, at that time it was really it was uh, so 
like a, a rudimentary. So you could, there's obviousness in that thing. But you know, I kept that somewhere in, in my mind. I said, yeah, yes, there's something. And, and then it was the very beginning where people were talking about, you know, maybe VR will be the future of cinema. Cinema 2.0 will be something at VR. And then I started to look like to look closer on, on VR and do some some uh, some forums and you know some some uh, 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 things like that and try to, to, to understand how it works. And you have people having the theories of you know telling story in VR. You know, as myself, I say no, no, it doesn't work like that. You mean you can't tell a story in VR? It's because it, 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 it is the opposite. You know, telling the story. You need a friend. You need to, to, to bring the people into something with a line, uh, and it's, it's, it's linear, where VR is, is non-linear. So it's incom- incompatible. You, you can't use the, the, the storytelling of a movie in VR. It's a totally different things. And VR is more like a storytelling, a live storytelling. So to me, my, my vision was, okay, it's like a, like a grandma was telling a story to her grandkids, and she will adapt the story depending on how the kid is reacting. So if she if she wants to scare the kid, the kid, she will use a dragon, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the right moment so the kid gets scared. Uh, and but you know, the, the 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 next night, I mean, she will even though it's the same story, she will or the same you know concept, she will readdress everything. Because maybe this day the kid is, is sad, so she will do the, the story nice, and so on. So, and I say, yes, you know what? The, the, that's what VR storytelling is. Is we will be able to do storytelling when the computer will be able to adapt the story to ourselves. The computer will be able to read our mind and, you know, tell the story we want to hear or the story we don't want to hear, depending on, on how it works. And, and, and so it's a. So it's it going to happen someday, but not now. But you know, but you know, I would love to be part of this of this you know new new type of storytelling where you you uh, deal with computer and you deal with how to be able to read the mind of people and then adapt stories and, and play with that. So that's what I mean my 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 direction of, of some sort. And then I say, but maybe you know, VR can be useful today uh, for other things. And, you know, of course, living in Los Angeles for more than like 20 years, you know, I'm close to uh, meditation, to yoga, and to all, you know, of well-being practices. And uh, I said, but, you know, maybe with VR, there are ways to help people in well-being, to help people with meditating, to help people uh, with stress, with calm down, and, you know, and maybe start to work with the technology when you can, you know, read, People's mind by action, you know how they move their hand, how they move their head, their head, how they react, and and later on because it's existing, you know, technology where you can, you know, read the uh, uh, the brain waves and you know and and, and all that kind of thing, and it's it, it happening now, and that's what you know now really uh, gets me passion is to uh, to be able to tell stories in different ways and using different different uh, different type of stories, and, and you know because meditation is bring you into world, into stories, into things that are not, you know, the same type of storytelling than, than a book or a movie. But it's, it's stories. Anyway, everything is a story. Whatever we do is a story. Whatever we say is a story. I mean, religion is a story. Uh, politics is, is a story. Everything is a story. 
So it's just, you know, the, it's, it's just, you know, in what frame of the story, what type of story you say, you, you tell. And, and so that's why I saw in VR a door to access and to, to understand how it works, to find my way of how I will, you know, find ways to tell stories, even, even though it's not stories that we understand story today, but you know, how you can, you know, take people into worse worlds, take people into emotion, take people into feeling things that we may not know how today. And, and because my thing is feeling what, you know, what I, what, what I, what I feel, uh, it, it, it's obvious, but what I feel in a movie is feeling something. And what, what I like in a, in a movie is feeling something. If, if, the movie, if the only feeling is, is bored, you know, it's, it's not what I want. So I want to be, to be, uh, to be, to have a, uh, to, to be, uh, sad, to be happy, to be, uh, that's, it's, it shakes, uh, uh, emotion in me when I, when I, when I, when I have this, uh, entertain, entertainment, entertaining, uh, experiences. And I think with VR, there are ways. It's a little, not for today. The, the other business we can do with VR, and that's what we're, we're developing now, is you know, do, do, trying to develop apps uh, to help people meditate, to help people find some some peace, because it it takes you where you have no phones, where you have no internet. It, it takes you really in the same place I were when I was a kid, because you know, it, it, I was surrounded by the by the, the movie theater, and, and and that was it. So when you get, when you are into the hood. On, on the, the headset, you are somewhere, and and you are, and you are, you are somewhere where you where, where you want to be, and there's nothing else that can disturb you, and it's and this moment is just for you. That's what I like in this well-being thing. Is okay. This is this is a precious a precious moment because it's you with you, and you're gonna spend the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, enjoying yourself, enjoying an experience. Which is made for you, and it's for you. And of course, it won't fix the problem you have outside, because outside is outside. But at least during this moment, you have this uh, this uh, this moment, you will be free, and, and your mind will be able to play with things you want you want to play with, and all that. And it will give you some oxygen uh, to be to be able to face the reality you will have to face when you will take out take off your your, your hood. So that's you know that's where I am right now, and that's what uh what gives me you know passion and, and hope uh, for you know the for entertainment slash well-being uh, things. Mr. Kamar, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. Oh, my very pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for calling me. Yeah.